You are now listening to the homily of Father Francis Lynch, parish priest for St. Mary's Church in Chislehurst, UK. This service is provided by the Lexio Divina team, part of the Love Verbum Dei ministry, who invites you all to share this reflection and their love for the Word of God. The Gospel is the good news of salvation for mankind. That salvation is only through Jesus Christ. As Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Firstly, I'd like to welcome the members of the LOV community and their families, and also the Logical Bible Study Community and Ministry, based in Australia. What we're talking about today is the Gospel of Sunday, which is Luke 16, 19 to 31, and it's a famous one. It's Steve and Lazarus. And I'd just like to say a few words about this today. It is by exploring the Word of Christ that we root ourselves in Him, deepen our relationship with Him, and see His presence in our life. Now let's read the Gospel according to Luke chapter 16, verses 19 to 31. Preparation of today's homily. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus said to the Pharisees, There was a rich man who used to dress in purple and fine linen, and feast magnificently every day. And at his gate there lay a poor man called Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to fill himself with the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even came and licked his sores. Now the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In his torment in Hades he looked up and saw Abraham a long way off with Lazarus in his bosom. So he cried out, Father Abraham, pity me, and sent Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these frames. My son, Abraham replied, Remember that during your life good things came your way, just as bad things came the way of Lazarus. Now he is being comforted here while you are in agony. But that is not all. Between us and you a great gulf has been fixed to stop anyone if he wanted to, crossing from our side to yours, and to stop any crossing from your side to ours. The rich man replied, Father, I beg you to then send Lazarus to my father's house, since I have five brothers, to give them warning so that they do not come to this place of torment too. They have Moses and the prophets, said Abraham. Let them listen to them. Ah, no, Father Abraham, said the rich man, but if someone comes to them from the dead, they will repent. Then Abraham said to him, If they will not listen to either Moses or to the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone should rise from the dead. One thing which is probably fairly obvious is that um, the situation here is not one that occurs in most of our ordinary everyday lives. That is to say that there was a rich man and outside his door there was Lazarus, a poor man, and Lazarus was really poor. He probably had nowhere to go. He may have had a hovel to go to. He may have had some sort of very poor accommodation, or he may have just been sleeping outside the door 
waiting for the door to open, waiting um, for the refuge to be put out. And the rich man would walk past him, not every day, <coughs> many days the, the rich man wouldn't even need to come out of his house at all. His house would be a massive building. It would have a central courtyard. It would have, um, it would have rooms all around the courtyard. He could spend easily spend his whole day, maybe a week or two, without having to leave his house at all. The house would be so big and everything would be brought to him. This is a situation which we don't really come across today. People can be extremely rich. They may need, not need to leave their house. But on the whole, you, they don't actually walk past and notice people who are desperately poor standing immediately outside. So it's not that situation. But this situation isn't completely unknown, even in the world today. I remember when I, um, when I went to India, I've only been there once, um, and I was there for some months. It was the most fascinating place. But on the journey from the airport to the centre of Bombay, as it was then, um, I noticed people sleeping on the roadside, on the curbs, on the walls. Um, wherever there was a wall which wasn't corrugated or filled with glass, people would be sleeping. And I later found out that people actually had to pay for the privilege of sleeping on sidewalks or pavements. This wasn't something you just put down your, your sleeping bag and that was yours for the night. You had to pay, and if you didn't pay, someone push you, they'd wake you up, they would even throw water over you. So these things are not completely unknown, even today. Um, but we're not um, normally in England anyway, probably the same in Australia, probably the same in most developed parts of the world. We're not coming across this as an everyday thing. Um, we don't walk across people on our way outside our own front door, nor do we waste food in quite the same way that they could have done in the past. That is, we're more discreet. When we throw stuff away, we're discreet in our way of throwing it away. We don't parade it around. We don't say, I'm so rich, I can throw away this stuff, which is so expensive. And um, I give it to my guests, I have enough myself, and then I've got so much left over. I can just throw it away, but deliberately, ostentatiously, clearly. And some might just trickle out, literally. It might fall out from the waste baskets and fall on the floor so that the poor people can pick it up. If this doesn't happen, is this still relevant to us today? And the answer is, of course, yes, it is. We see poverty around us in all sorts of ways. The obvious and the apparent meaning of the word poverty is exactly the same now as it was in New Testament times. That is, that people haven't got enough money for the um, basic necessities or maybe the basic little pleasures of life, which many other people will take entirely for granted. Um, that's poverty, lack of money, lack of being able to buy what we need, lack of being able to procure what we need, to give to those we love um, extra, little, um, extra little treats that we'd love to give. But poverty um, can have an extended sense. And maybe for most of us, it's the extended sense which is going to impinge on us even more so than, than real, obvious and literal poverty. And by that, I mean that <clears throat> um, you will find people in real need around you, whatever you do. You're going to work, 
you'll find people who are in desperate need. They won't need money necessarily because they're probably being paid roughly the same as you are, unless they're doing a very different job, in which case you're probably not coming across them very much. You're at school, you're at university. There's always someone who is left out um, and they might be left out because of their personality. They might be left out because they're stupid. They might be left out because they're not good at games. They're not good at, um, when I was young, it would have been physical games, things like football, things like um, rugby, things like hockey. But today it's even more so those who are left out because they don't understand the digital world, which most of their classmates will find quite easy to pick up, to appreciate, and to pass on to their friends. They might, because of personality difficulties, have trouble making friends themselves. Um, and you will always find people like that. And the need today, um, the need today is not, generally speaking, so much in giving money, but giving our time, giving our kindness, giving our compassion, giving our patience. Normally I don't quote um, the different readings and try to fit them in together. Um, but the reading of the first letter of St. Paul to Timothy says, As a man dedicated to God, you must aim to be saintly and religious, filled with faith and love, patient and gentle. This is what you should be like. You should be patient, gentle and kind, considerate and understanding, particularly towards those who are poor in those things which the world values so much. In our case, it values riches, but it also values personality, it also values good looks, it also values um, ability to understand things, it also values a quick wit. We can be poor in those things, and more to the point maybe, other people may be poor as well, where rich, where we are rich in those things, and maybe one way of understanding the gospel and applying it to ourselves is to say, these are the poor who surround us, in particular in our own situation, and maybe we should look after them, seek them out, seek their company, look after them, be good, gracious, generous and kind to them. And um, I think I'll leave it at that. The Lord be with you. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Luxio Divina team hopes that this homily has helped you to deeply welcome the Word of God and give you the strength to put the Word into practice where you are. You can send us your prayer intentions by emailing them to us using the following email address lau underscore at outlook.com All these prayer intentions will be prayed for in our daily angelus group call on WhatsApp and also during our different weekly prayer groups gathering both in person and online. Check our website in the description for days and times. If this homily has enlightened you or touched you in any way, please share it with your relatives, friends, community and on your social media. Have a blessed week. You are now listening to the homily of Father Francis Lynch, 
parish priest for St. Mary's Church in Chislehurst, UK. This service is provided by the Lexio Divina team, part of the Love Verbum Dei ministry, who invites you all to share this reflection and their love for the Word of God. The Gospel is the good news of salvation for mankind. That salvation is only through Jesus Christ. As Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Firstly, I'd like to welcome the members of the LOV community and their families, and also the Logical Bible Study Community and Ministry, based in Australia. What we're talking about today is the Gospel Sunday, which is Luke 16, 19-31, and it's a famous one. It's Steve's and Lazarus. And I'd just like to say a few words about this today. It is by exploring the Word of Christ that we root ourselves in Him, deepen our relationship with Him, and see His presence in our life. Now, let's read the Gospel according to Luke chapter 16, verses 19 to 31. Preparation of today's homily. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus said to the Pharisees, there was a rich man who used to dress in purple and fine linen and feast magnificently every day. And at his gate there lay a poor man called Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to fill himself with the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even came and licked his sores. Now the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In his torment in Hades he looked up and saw Abraham a long way off with Lazarus in his bosom. So he cried out, Father Abraham, pity me, and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames. My son, Abraham replied, Remember that during your life good things came your way, just as bad things came the way of Lazarus. Now he is being comforted here while you are in agony. But that is not all. Between us and you a great gulf has been fixed to stop anyone if he wanted to, crossing from our side to yours, and to stop any crossing from your side to ours. The rich man replied, Father, I beg you to then send Lazarus to my father's house, since I have five brothers, to give them warning so that they do not come to this place of torment too. They have Moses and the prophets, said Abraham. Let them listen to them. Ah, no, Father Abraham, said the rich man, but if someone comes to them from the dead, they will repent. Then Abraham said to him, If they will not listen to either Moses or to the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone should rise from the dead. One thing which is probably fairly obvious is that um, the situation here is not one that occurs in most of our ordinary everyday lives. That is to say that there was a rich man and outside his door there was Lazarus, a poor man. And Lazarus was really poor. He probably had nowhere to go. He may have had a hovel to go to. He may have had some sort of very poor accommodation or he may have just been sleeping outside the door waiting for the door to open, waiting um, for the refuge to be put out 
And the rich man would walk past him, not every day, <coughs> many days the, the rich man wouldn't even need to come out of his house at all. His house would be a massive building. It would have a central courtyard. It would have, um, it would have rooms all around the courtyard. He could spend, easily spend his whole day, maybe a week or two, without having to leave his house at all. The house would be so big and everything would be brought to him. This is a situation which we don't really come across today. People can be extremely rich. They may need, not need to leave their house. But on the whole, you, they don't actually walk past and notice people who are desperately poor standing immediately outside. So it's not that situation. But this situation isn't completely unknown, even in the world today. I remember when I, um, when I went to India, I've only been there once, um, and I was there for some months. It was the most fascinating place. But on the journey from the airport to the centre of Bombay, as it was then, um, I noticed people sleeping on the roadside, on the curbs, on the walls. Um, wherever there was a wall which wasn't corrugated or filled with glass, people would be sleeping. And I later found out that people actually had to pay for the privilege of sleeping on sidewalks or pavements. This wasn't something you just put down your, your sleeping bag and that was yours for the night. You had to pay, and if you didn't pay, someone would push you, they would wake you up, they would even throw water over you. So these things are not completely unknown, even today. Um, but we're not um, normally in England anyway, probably the same in Australia, probably the same in most developed parts of the world. We're not coming across this as an everyday thing. Um, we don't walk across people on our way outside our own front door. Nor do we waste food in quite the same way that they could have done in the past. That is, we're more discreet. When we throw stuff away, we're discreet in our way of throwing it away. We don't parade it around. We don't say, I'm so rich. I can throw away this stuff, which is so expensive. And um, I give it to my guests. I have enough myself. And then I've got so much left over. I can just throw it away, but deliberately, ostentatiously, clearly. And some might just trickle out, literally. It might fall out from the waste baskets and fall on the floor so that the poor people can pick it up. If this doesn't happen, is this still relevant to us today? And the answer is, of course, yes, it is. We see poverty around us in all sorts of ways. The obvious and the apparent meaning of the word poverty is exactly the same now as it was in New Testament times. That is, that people haven't got enough money for the um, basic necessities or maybe the basic little pleasures of life, which many other people will take entirely for granted. Um, that's poverty, lack of money, lack of being able to buy what we need, lack of being able to procure what we need, to give to those we love um, extra little um, extra little treats that we'd love to give. But poverty um, can have an extended sense. And maybe for most of us, it's the extended sense which is going to impinge on us even more so than, than real, obvious and literal poverty. And by that I mean that <clears throat> um, you will find people in real need around you, whatever you do you're going to work. You'll find people who are in desperate need. 
They won't need money necessarily because they're probably being paid roughly the same as you are, unless they're doing a very different job, in which case you're probably not coming across them very much. You're at school, you're at university. There's always someone who is left out. Um, and they might be left out because of their personality. They might be left out because they're stupid. They might be left out because they're not good at games. They're not good at, um, when I was young, it would have been physical games, things like football, things like um, rugby, things like hockey. But today it's even more so those who are left out because they don't understand the digital world, which most of their classmates will find quite easy to pick up, to appreciate and to pass on to their friends. They might, because of personality difficulties, have trouble making friends themselves. Um, and you will always find people like that. And the need today, um, the need today is not generally speaking so much in giving money, but giving our time, giving our kindness, giving our compassion, giving our patience. Normally I don't quote um, the different readings and try to fit them in together. Um, but the reading of the first letter of St. Paul to Timothy says, As a man dedicated to God, you must aim to be saintly and religious, filled with faith and love, patient and gentle. This is what you should be like. You should be patient, gentle and kind, considerate and understanding, particularly towards those who are poor in those things which the world values so much. In our case, it values riches, but it also values personality, it also values good looks, it also values um, ability to understand things, it also values a quick wit. We can be poor in those things, and more to the point maybe, other people may be poor as well, we're rich, where we're rich in those things, and maybe one way of understanding the gospel and applying it to ourselves is to say, these are the poor who surround us, in particular in our own situation, and maybe we should look after them, seek them out, seek their company, look after them, be good, gracious, generous, and kind to them. And um, I think I'll leave it at that. The Lord be with you. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Luxio Divina team hopes that this homily has helped you to deeply welcome the Word of God and give you the strength to put the Word into practice where you are. You can send us your prayer intentions by emailing them to us using the following email address lau underscore at outlook.com. All these prayer intentions will be prayed for in our daily angelus group call on whatsapp and also during our different weekly prayer groups gathering both in person and online check our website in the description for days and times if this homily has enlightened you or touched you in any way please share it with your relatives friends community and on your social media have a blessed week